Welcome to Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. I'm your host, Dr. Don McDonald, author of the best-selling book, The Underdog Curse. We give vitalistic chiropractors a chance to learn from the best around the world, discovering how they overcame their challenges and achieved success. In order for chiropractic to thrive, we must have thriving chiropractors. Now listen up, it's time to crush the curse. Hello, podcast listeners. I just wanted to give a little update. People have been asking when we're going to open our online program, The Vitality Shift Again. Uh, We'll be doing that in September. So in the meantime, if you go to www.thevitalityshift.com, you can sign up for the waiting list and we will notify you when we open the program again. Now let's get back to the program. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Underdog Curse for Chiropractors. This is Dr. Don McDonald, your host, and today I am going to go down to West Fargo, North Dakota, and woo-hoo. I'm exactly woohoo from the movie Fargo, as, yeah. as you, you might be able to hear the accent. Uh, Dr. Tiffany Johnson is my guest today. She's been in practice for 12 years, went to school at Northwestern Chiropractic College, and uh, she's been in our program, uh, the Vitality Engine, and she's been doing some amazing things in practice. Um, you know, being a mom, being an awesome chiropractor, having other interests on the side, and uh, I thought it would be awesome to be able to share her message with the Underdog Nation. So, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's awesome. So, I like to start back at the beginning with everybody, um, basically asking, how did you get into the chiropractic in the very first place? Um, I was, I was in, well, I think I was a fifth grader when I had my first really bad ankle sprain. Yeah. The next one was eighth grade. We moved to a bigger, a bigger small town in North Dakota. And so I started seeing a chiropractor for ankles and knees and sports. So I was a basketball player, high school, college basketball player. Yay, and, basketball. Um, <laughs> I know. It's awesome. If only I could still play. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was initially going to go to school for sports, sports chiropractor. I remember talking to Dr. Bonnie, she was in Devil's Lake, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I, I have a knack for people and um, empathy counselor, okay? So that I was thinking counselor, psychologist, and she's like, you know, you're, you communicate well. You're great with people. You want to work with sports and kids. You know, have you ever thought about chiropractic? I'm like, no, I had never even, never even crossed my mind. So that was my junior year of high school. Went to college. Uh, I mean, not for academics at that moment. <laughs> I went to play basketball. And yeah, whatever. that's me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we'll see whatever happens. And so my, the end of my junior year, I actually, um, I was kind of him and Han getting, you know, not teaching bachelor of science. I'd need to get more school to be a trainer. I didn't want to be a trainer anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I initially went, decided to go for sports and then we were pregnant with our first and that changed everything. So my whole core, you know, you, you find your friends who are in the same time of life and I had started school and withdrew because I was on bed rest, 99% on bed rest. Wow. So after I had her, then I started again. And that's when I, I really found my group of ladies that had kids and it kind of opened me up. They were, um, they had chiropractic in their family and they were CAs. I, I had none of that. I just thought it was cool and I could maybe make some cash. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's kind of how I then, I mean, I went for sports 
started leading into the pediatric holistic world, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when you went to Northwestern, is that just because it was closest to you or did you get referred there or how did you pick no, that as a school? It was closest. Dr. Bonnie went there, but you know, 15 years prior. So no, it was only like, this is the, the max that I can be away from home, small town, North Dakota. We don't veer off very far usually. <laughs> <laughs> Hometown. Yeah, I was the same in our little town, except if you didn't go very far from home, you wouldn't go anywhere because it was too far from everything. <laughs> oh. Yep. So, yep. so how was your time at school? Well, I was a mom of two and we were broke. So, wow. you know, like you, you figure out when push comes to shove, you figure out how to keep, keep rolling. And frankly, it's so interesting. You know, you don't know, you don't know any different. You, as long as you just keep moving one foot in front of the other, we're good. Craig worked, he worked overnights. He worked two or three jobs the whole time. I thought our student loans was spending cash. I mean, like there's so many things that were wrong with it. (laughs) (laughs) But without Callan being born in the beginning, I mean, my path would have never, I just don't know if it would have ever been the same. You know, we're always given the things that we need to in order to grow and expand. And um, I went to a ton of seminars. I I mean, I hardly went to class, but I went to a ton of seminars. So by the time I was done with school, I, I really felt ready to open my own practice. And you don't, you don't do that in school. Yeah. How, how did you come up with that? Like, how did you know to take so many extra seminars and spend more, almost more time in that than you did in, in yes, school? I, yeah, I really did. I mean, we went to Vegas. We went to Parker. That was when Parker was awesome. You know, yeah. back in, I don't know when that was, 03, 02. Totally, yeah. Um, Martini stuff. I went to his stuff. I mean, this pageant tempo, we kind of just fell under that umbrella. You know, I had a few, let's see, there were two two good close friends, Ange Bremer and Candy Johnson, that were um, part of our friend group that, well, Dave, yeah, you wouldn't know him probably. Dave, yeah, no. Anyway, her, I'm, I can't remember his last name, that's the problem. He's a chiropractor in Minneapolis, and he had a very big practice open concept and yep. so i i observed probably 15 to 20 offices um we went to three to four seminars a year um kitty was doing heidi farrell they were doing all the ca trainings mm-hmm. and actually that's when they were allowed on campus i don't know i don't know if they are anymore but um so i bought those programs to continually train mm-hmm. so yeah i i really did feel like I was completely ready. I remember I did my externship here in Moorhead and um, I was thinking that I wanted to be part of that practice, right? Because that just seems a little bit more or less risky. I'm a little bit more risky than Craig is. And we had moved to West Fargo already and had a larger house than we could probably handle. Craig was still commuting back to the cities, you know, a little bit of chaos. And I remember sitting down with them and I'm like, hey, you know, if you want to market to families, then I would recommend you change the carpet and you, we get some toys and <laughs> I like had his whole practice changed. And he looks at me and he's like, Tiff, you need to go open your own practice. <laughs> Don't mess up my no. <laughs> yep. I'm like, okay, that's off. That, that's exactly what I needed to be like, all right. He, he saw that that's what I should do. And yeah, I kind of kicked ass at, at that. I, I, I really did feel like I was business ready. 
So. Yeah, that's cool. Now, now, as far as kind of vitalistic chiropractic, when when you were uh, seeing a chiropractor for sports, was it was it for optimizing function or was it just for pain for injuries or, or how? Yes. And, yeah. and and when was that transition or when were you exposed to that different aspect of chiropractic? Um. Yes, it was it was just pain. So it was when I would tweak my ankle, knee, or low back in sports, honestly, or I'm clumsy, or I trip over a shoe or something. It was really <laughs> yeah. I swear, I tell you what, once that happens one time, I, I didn't adapt very well. Um, yeah, never, I mean, she adjusted full spine, but never, we never really talked about healing or subluxation or, I mean, nothing like that, right? I get to school and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and I remember talking to these gals that we were really close friends and they had already, well, they've been in the chiropractic world, like the, the vitalistic chiropractic world. So they knew stuff about vaccinations and they knew that um, a medication was just covering up a symptom. I seriously had no idea I, that small town Midwest. I had no clue that your body maybe didn't need that. Mm-hmm. And so it was probably T2, T3. And that's when I started noticing that the teaching was like, hmm, <laughs> if, if I go to these seminars, this is awesome, right? Because I'm learning about me. I'm learning about what drives people. I'm learning about how to get potential out of them and their mind. And then I go back to very, um, what seemed to be linear thinking at that moment. And that was when I started, um, having different conversations with like, cause it just, the one comment in T3 was that aspirin is a drug or Tylenol, one of the two. And I remember looking at my girlfriends and like, what? Cause I thought drugs were just like heroin and cocaine. I mean, <laughs> I, I really never thought of them as anything bad. We had never been taught. I mean, we didn't take anything, but I, you, I took aspirin all the time for achy legs and tums and you know, Pepto-Bismol. And that was when I remember that, that comment in T3, that was when I started to shift into like, okay, so what if our body doesn't need this? Right. And how can I be a facilitator to health in a much different way and teach what the body can actually do? So I'd say mid T3, T4. And then I remember when I was, um, one of the first times that we were adjusting, you know, we adjusted starting at T4, kind of. Yeah. And we were, um, there was a dude in the middle on the table and all of us were going around to figure out what was subluxated and what needed to be corrected. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember being in this circle and everyone just kind of went through, kind of went through and said what they said. And um, we, I had been to a Steve Hoffman seminar already. So it started to shift into MC squared stuff a little bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't have an instrument, but I, but whatever, how I was seeing the body was a little bit different. And mm -hmm. so I got to his feet and I talked to his feet. Right. And then I just said this and this and this, I didn't touch his body. Right. And everyone was like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I thought I was freaking crazy. Cause I, I still don't know if I know what a facet is. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so like the, the science and structure never, it honestly never really resonated with me. It was all energy in it. As long as I was connected mm -hmm. to whatever universal energy, God spirit, I was able to do what I needed to through that person. 
And that's how I've always done. I just thought everybody was like that until about five years ago, I started asking questions like, all right, guys, when you, when you see a person on a table, how do you see them? Uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. Fuel their body. Um, well, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. I, it's just how I've always practiced. I've always been a feeler, which is why I want to be a psychologist, right? Because right. I've always just known, and now I get to be a little bit more hands-on. So that's cool. That's cool. And so, um, and when when you're taking those seminars, because there there must have been some kind of mechanical teachings, like yep. you know, to that. And and how did you kind of match your mechanical teachings to your intuition when you're learning to adjust? I um, so as soon as I would learn something, and it's still kind of true. I, mean, I don't do a ton of technique stuff now, but um, with babies, they would never give a very tactical explanation of what they were doing anyway. So I'm like, good, because I don't have to unfuck myself, right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> that, and I'm, I'm black and white. So I go to a technique seminar. I'm like, okay, that's all there is to it. TRT, you have to have shoes on. MC squared, you have to turn the head. You know, all these things, I'm like, I just imagine they're turning their head. I just see and feel when they're ready for this. So that took a long time because I always thought I was doing it wrong, you know, and looking yeah. at uh, none of my people, you would just similar now that I know you well enough, but mm -hmm. um, not a ton of the people that I hung out with practice like that. Although it was the same technique, you know, mm -hmm. some people practice network. I remember the first adjustment I got from Donnie. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was, um, that was probably three years, one or two years into practice, actually. And I was like a wet fish. I mean, I'm completely open, right? I'm like, yep, this is, this is what I want. I want to see like how other people, yeah. Whereas most people couldn't ever unwind like that because they're not open enough. And so right. I would say that, I mean, I've, I've many times thought about being a network doc, but it takes longer than I want it to take. I don't want it. I'm like a, you know, a few minutes yeah. in and a few minutes out and onward and I want to help more people. So yes, I, I actually did think I was off for a long time. I started, um, Craig helped me a lot, started listening to what people were telling me. So I've been to 10 different chiropractors. Why is this so different? Why was that adjustment? Like, what did you just do? Hmm. Well, I don't know. And then, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I was right. just told to do it. If yep. they get up off the table and they ask me, what did you just do? So I don't know. I trusted you. <laughs> right. right. That's exactly what I was supposed to do. So I kind of was able to channel a little bit as to what needed to happen and facilitate their own miracle. That's cool. So that's kind of a neat learning experience. And we'll pop back to that later on because we've, we've talked about that personally about now trying to teach someone else. Cause that's the other challenge is after teaching what you do. But, but first right. of all, let's start. Um, so, so then when you went to that practice and you said you should open your own practice, then you did open your own practice. I did. Yep. Awesome. And so how did that go? Did you just take over an existing place, build a place out or how did you open your first practice? You know, um, because I'm pretty connected <laughs> in the, it was before no, T when we were still in school, that must've been teen eight, right? When you're still, yep. We did a visualization practice. So the instructor led us on this, the visualization of your practice, where it is, how it feels, the, what it looks like, er everything about it. Right. So that's a good exercise. That's, that's good. Great, that's awesome. That's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my first, like, 
oh, this, this is real. <laughs> Some of this mindset work actually works here. <laughs> and so I wrote down, um, I wanted a, a red building. There's a long windy road. I wanted water. I wanted big trees. Um, it was like in the city, but not in the city playground, you know, all that kind of stuff. And a week later, my realtor from here, my commercial realtor sent me this packet and, you know, manila envelope. There was no email. We didn't email back then. Here is shit. A red building. Wow. <laughs> a long windy road. The river was right behind it. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is obviously my sign. So it was a perfect space. There was an insurance company on the bottom. It looked like a house. Um, and then I was on the top 1200 square feet. They, I got to build it out with, with their, you know, however they needed it to be, which, which is perfectly fine. Big staircase going up there. There's an ele elevator. Um, so I was there for five years and then, um, transitioned into where I'm at now, really just straight across the interstate, double the space. Well, actually probably triple, um, ground level, which is awesome. Yep. I didn't know how awesome that walk-in ability is. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of came out right out of the gate pretty, pretty well. <laughs> so, so what did you do? Cause there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's not, there's students that listen to this podcast, but there's also uh, people who are just starting off their practice or, or might feel a little bit stuck. What, what did you do to get off the ground when you start from zero? <laughs> yep. Well, I really think like truly visualizing and taking enough time to figure out what you really want so that when all these distractions come in, it's like Nerf gun wars, right? Think of yourself in it. You, you're going to get hit from all directions. And if you don't know where you're going, you, you will start going in circles. So I had a marketing plan, whatever. It didn't work, but, but I had, a, I mean, I didn't follow it. That's what I mean. <laughs> I hired my first CA three months before I opened. I did a group interview. Um, so before I had money, I'm like, I need, I know my personality. Yeah. I want to be able to fully, fully adjust and do what I'm supposed to do while she takes care of everything else. So some people would say different, don't hire till you have money. Ah, I just, I would have never made it. Um, mm -hmm. and I did two to four screenings a week. I talked to gyms like private gyms that felt good to me. Yeah. Um, there was always a big women's showcase. So probably similar to your guys' screening that you do every year. Yeah. That was at the, at the dome. That was a huge one in the fall, but I mean, it was all, it was all relationships. I did lunch and learns at a few of the banks that I did banking with, mm -hmm. you know, we didn't know anybody. This isn't our hometown. So we didn't, I didn't really know anybody either. You're coming, you're coming, coming like on. fresh. Yep, exactly. So I did lunch and learns and screenings with my, my CA. And that's how I, I mean, I, in a month I was at, hundred PV a week. That's awesome. I mean, I really, um, but I knew that like, that was my first, I knew that was my first level that I needed to be at to kind of get paid. <laughs> yep. Kind of. I mean, yep. not really, um, to, <laughs> to pay rent and then pay my staff. Right. And so, you know, just like anything, when push comes to shove, you do whatever it takes. I have two kids at home. I have a husband that is still commuting and we have a house to pay for and this is it's just i don't know will <laughs> will totally lots of time people think it's easy but it's not easy you just gotta you gotta yeah. do what you gotta do to get it done right 
So, and I worked, I mean, I worked Saturday mornings. I really, really feel that that was one of my keys to, um, availability. Chiropractors have crazy hours, just like dentists do. I was open. I still am six 30 in the morning. So I can hit the before work people noon in the summer. Noon is important in our world. Noon is not as important in the fall, winter, spring. Yeah. And then after work for all the families. So, I mean, I did it myself. It was three long evenings and three mornings and two noons and one Saturday, one Saturday morning. Yeah. And so, you know, when you get your base built up to what it's comfortable, I I've always had the scanner. Um, oh yeah. I did total solutions before too. And that oh, was a- like, is that right at the very beginning when yeah, you opened? Before yeah. I opened. Yep. Mm-hmm. I did it this summer when I was waiting to see if I passed my boards. <laughs> like, well, now, since I bought the scanner, <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I better figure out how to pay for that now too. Um, yeah. So I, I did all that. So I really, I was the only one at that time that had subluxation station. And yep. so I could communicate differently than everyone else was communicating. So that's cool. Now, now we always talk about the second level of practice too, where you kind of, you blow up because I know you get a very busy practice and especially when you were doing everything yourself and you were fully in that practice, uh, you're, you're seeing a really good volume of people. Um, did you ever get to that burnout phase where you're kind of like, I think I got yeah. stuff going um, on? I did and it will. And I had a board issue too. So I went through, that was five years ago. It was right after we moved to the new space five or six years ago already. Um, I mean, I, I was third party involved. Yeah. and shouldn't have been i knew it from the beginning i what i mean i see kids and women women who have anxiety you know like <laughs> not really billable right <laughs> so i listened to the the chatter of like well insurance is really good in north Dakota, and um so decided to follow that path for five years or so um it's just like fitting a square peg into a round hole when things aren't aligned you're given a, an ultimatum essentially. And that's what it was. It was um, poor documentation. I was selling travel cards, which, yep, that I, I would, I would say that. And, and then just trying to like my philosophy with their philosophy didn't, didn't work. Right. They needed to be adjusted. A kid doesn't have musculoskeletal problems. I mean, maybe, maybe one appointment, you know, but right. um, as far as the insurance companies, as far as yes, exactly what they needed. So, I ran into a board issue, an attorney issue. I was um, suspended. I was on probation for two years. I had monitoring for two years. So, wow. Um, that was my that was my T in the road of well, okay. I have to figure out how to still be creative and inspired and follow the rules, their rules. Not, I mean. If you're playing in their playground, you got to yep. follow their rules. Totally. Didn't know I wasn't following their rules. It's just what, what it is. Um, thought about being done. But I don't know. My people, my people kept me. I, I really, I, I was not ready to cut cords at that point to think that I wasn't, yeah, I, I wasn't ready to be done. I was ready to say F it, but not truly be done. So I had a month out of my practice. Um, reworked a whole ton of stuff, obviously getting, you know, I was only 10% insurance. So so I was not a very small percentage, but every single new patient, you know, if you're billing four or six or 10 or however many that's appropriate for them and you have a big practice, then 
you're going to 10% is still quite a bit. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and just for, you know, chiropractors that are around the world and I might not be in the United States, that means that you'd be just direct billing to the insurance company, right? Yes. Yeah. Direct so bill. you'd be direct billing to the, to the company and then 90% of your practice was more of a cash based practice. Yes. Yep. And so that was where the challenge was, is because the direct billing, the insurance companies only want to pay for musk. Well, must probably not. It's not even actually musculoskeletal disorders. It's just pain. Yes, it is just pain. You and can it's still have musculoskeletal disorders and not even have pain. Absolutely. <laughs> Which is of course controlled by the nervous system, but that's, yep. story, but yeah. And the, I mean, everything needs to align, right? The subjective, the soul, the, 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 everything needs to align with pain. And truly, I mean, when you're, when you're red flagged, you're, nothing matters at that right. point. You know. right. <laughs> totally. so that was my moment of like, okay, I can, I can redefine myself now. I can redefine my practice. Mm -hmm. I can set new boundaries of what I expect of me and what I expect of my team and how I want to show up in the community and like truly be authentic and be TIFF. Like I have these identities and I think we can all relate. It's, it was TIFF, my casual fun beer drinking friend. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffany was like, the person that you didn't know very well before they knew as doctor. And then doctor was this stoic professional. Yeah. So that was the moment that I, I was trying to combine those three people because I, I was showing up different, which means, you know, not aligned, not congruent, not yeah. successful essentially. So. Well, so, so then you switch basically go hundred percent cash. Yep. Yep. And so now and you know, you're probably the same as us then is that now they pay cash, you give them receipts and if they have insurance, they can get it reimbursed on their own. Right. Yeah. And I'm blacklisted. So most people don't get reimbursed. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Just because of that episode before. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, so that's so pretty good. Okay. So you even think of how, um, how we start to communicate inefficiently and ineffectively. Well, it's really easy if, third party is paying their whole first chunk, right? We still yeah. communicated. We still were holistic, you know, to a point, of course. Yeah. Um, but when there's no reimbursement, number one, and there's no out of network reimbursements, you better sharpen your communication skills real fast. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Because you know? that means you have to raise the bar, right? Oh, like, and that, that's exactly what it was, is I need to redefine who I am and who I want this to be. And, and then to create it as a brand instead of a, a Dr. Tiffany thing, it, it was healing touch. So whoever fits under there is that brand, not my brand, you know, right. um, that was important to me too. So then it's systems not related. So switching people. away from a personality driven practice and moving more into right. systems. I've heard the tons of, uh, tons of interviews that I've done for the, for this podcast. That's the biggest thing, especially when you want to bring on extra doctors. Oh. It's really hard if you're, totally personality driven, right? In your practice. Yeah. So, so from when you had that complaint and then you kind of redefined yourself and then you went to basically hundred percent cash, how long ago was that? Five, it's five years ago that things started. Mm -hmm. 2000, maybe six or seven, mm -hmm. four since it's been completely done with. Okay. Now, um, you, go ahead. I was just going to say, because when that came in, like, you imagine chiropractors, you come out, you have huge student loans, you just have a new practice, you have a new building, you have loans for your business. And then you get something like this, which freaks you right out. What, how did you not go insane or how did you not like have a nervous breakdown or, or lose? Yeah, that? I think I, 
I think I did. I mean, I, if I was not good. <laughs> no. yeah, I think, you know, you just block out. And I fought it for a while because ethically, it was not right. I was the first one in this area. I mean, since there's been a ton of people who have gotten the same thing. Well, not to that extent with the board. Mm-hmm. Found out my attorney wasn't licensed in the state of North Dakota. Oh, and he was not um, nice to our board. Our board, I mean, small town, right? We're, we're just like Midwest, North Dakota. They're all nice, nice guys that don't want to see anybody fail. Right. Well, um, this guy did not represent the way I thought it should be. I didn't have the courage to say, whoa, enough. Let me just talk to him. He threatened that I'd be, I mean, go to jail. Uh, I mean, a ton of stuff, right? So yeah. I just kept fighting because that seemed like the logical thing. I remember um, it was just about a year. So it was like nine or 10 months. We were in the car coming back from Easter and I lost it. And I told Craig, I might die. Like I might not be here anymore if I have to fight. I, I can't, I can't fight. I physically can't fight. I'm going to accept the full suspension. <laughs> I'm going to accept the full probation. I'm going to accept the full monitoring just so I can start to heal and start to move past. I mean, you're stuck in fear. Anytime the, the postal girl would drop off mail, you'd like have an anxiety attack. I mean, yeah, just not, can't live there for long. <laughs> no, no. It a long time to, um, to get back and come from a place of love again in terms of like not failure. There's, there's different difference, right? You're either in love or fear. And I was always in fear. So to then move out of fear, I needed to step into love, not, not fear. And, right. Yeah. Now, now if you, again, just looking back, looking back, already having yeah. that experience, you know, there might be someone out there listening that might have just had something like that or something that freaked them out. And, and if you were able to talk to yourself, well, what kind of advice would you talk to yourself now that, cause you can always see better, you know, looking behind you, you got the, that, yeah, yeah. that 2020 vision when you're looking behind, what would, what kind of advice would you give in those kind of situations? Oh, you got to own it and take full responsibility. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I deflected. So it was this person's fault and then it was the attorney's fault and then it was Blue Cross's fault. And you know, at some point it's just time to say my, my fault. I don't know what happened. It was not intentional but I need to like heal from this. So I think like once you can own it, it doesn't become you yep. put your feet in the ground and say, whatever happened, it is, it's done. So let's start to mend, mend yourself a little bit because I don't know, like there's only fear and love. And if you're fighting, it's fear. Right. And I, I just, I, even if you're fighting for ethical reasons, because a lot of things you might not agree with, you made the choice and this is the consequence. So take it. That's <laughs> awesome. Cho- it. Choose fear or love, right? That's yeah. awesome. Yep. And then it's just to, then you define what you want. Because I mean, I think when I opened my, my business, I made the decision to be a third party reimburser or direct payer out of fear. I didn't make that out of love. No yeah. way. Right. Because everybody else is doing it, right? Right. Business is hard. It pays well. Whatever the case, make it easy so you don't have um, conflict and objections. And yeah, and instead of if I would have just made that decision in the first place, you know, I need to go through the lesson, of course. But um, yeah, and that nothing is permanent. You know, I I sat down 
with a friend and she said, Chip, what's the worst thing that could happen? And that actually really helped me. So thinking of whatever your strike is right now, what is the worst thing that could happen? And my fear always was going to jail or it being all over TV and radio and, you know, being exploited essentially. Yeah. And once you know that that can't happen, well, I suppose it could, but that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. I could like my fight or flight system could come down a bit and I could actually move into, all right, this is the next step. This is just what, this is what has to happen. I'm going to take the bumps and bruises because if you own the responsibility of the result, which is you got your hand slapped, you should be able to handle the consequence, you know? Yeah, that's cool. So, so once you decided you got, you got healed, right? You, you, you yeah. kind of, you got, you took responsibility and then just moved to the next level. Um, did your practice kind of bounce back pretty fast after that? Yeah. You know, we didn't lose much mm-hmm. and only because our communication was, was pretty good. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there were two people that were like, what? And whatever. M- most people were like, oh my gosh, what happened? And why aren't you here for a month? <laughs> totally. Right? So, you start to, um, you know, I would say we definitely didn't grow at that, during that year. We were yeah. definitely in like protective mode. Mm-hmm. But um, I got to a point I didn't really give a shit what people think. And in a, in a good way, because I always gave two shits, like way more than, than Too, much shits. Too much shits. Too much shits. Like I, I started being in yoga pants and barefoot after that. I mean, that seems little, but most Dr. Tiffany's, I mean, yeah. Dr. Tiffany would have never allowed that to happen because you always need to dress one step above you. Always, you know what? If I hate this and I'm uncomfortable and I sweat in places I don't want to sweat, I'm not going to freaking wear a suit. <laughs> or if they, if they do like me, it's always a light color so you can't see the, the sweat. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, 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 so you, you kind of got rolling afterwards and then, and then there was a, a transition where you brought another chiropractor on. And yeah. How did that all, how did that all start? Well, I knew I was not supposed to be alone in that practice, but I wasn't completely sure that I didn't want to be alone (laughs) for sheer responsibility and time. I mean, I knew it was going to, you know, everybody has their opinion. It's going to be way more work. It's not worth it. It's like, yeah, you know, if you find the right person, it's definitely worth it. Um, Did I underestimate the time it would take? to make sure that person is comfortable. Yeah. Did I underestimate the time? No. The energy it would take from me to make sure I can even teach what I'm doing because I can't. (laughs) Yeah. Those are, those were the big things of helping her see her own power, um, have confidence, have certainty in her technique, and then making sure the staff, figures out how to fully support us as one as healing touch instead of me as Dr. Tiffany. And especially when you have two chiropractors are totally different, right? That has to all blend. So that's, that's a, that's a nice blend. Now going back to your, um, your adjusting technique, which is kind of interesting because the first time I heard it was a buddy of mine, Dr. Martin Harvey from Australia. He, he was speaking at a seminar. He said, "I, I, I never, I never knew how intuitive adjuster I was until I got associates because then I was trying to teach what I was doing and I had no idea how to teach it because because you just do it and, and it's kind of it's I guess it'd be like a golfer now when you see a pro golfer he, he, they said what are you doing with your swing he said well I'm just trying to put the ball right at that yard marker right <laughs> and I'm putting right. a little bit of a curve on it don't know how and then they're like well how do you do that and I'm like I don't know I'm just doing it so so uh, tell me a little bit about how you kind of 
learned how to, well, and are still learning to, mm -hmm. to explain how you adjust and how to help another associate increase their certainty in their adjusting. Yeah, it's been the, um, I definitely don't have it mastered. <laughs> I, well, working on it. <laughs> I am also helping her um, ask more questions because a lot of the time I don't even realize that what I just said didn't make any sense. Like it made no logical sense. I truly am told what to do, where to contact, what direction to go in, what, whatever on the integrator, how much force. And so I went back to the basics. She was trained in torque MC squared. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> kinda. Kind of okay. like a blended version. Yep. Yeah. Right. But I mean, just, she's just a year out. So still mm -hmm. mostly diversified, some drop, um, great with kids had done the peds, peds stuff. So I felt like she had that, you know, comfortable at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and so how I started was I told her just to keep asking the feet questions <laughs> and you know, you have your people. I started with, um, probably five people that I knew would be awesome to have both of us adjust. Yep. And then I got feedback from those people. So this is where I feel like she needs help or this was improved or, and then having like, they were kind of my conduit to communicate how I adjusted then to tweak how she was a little bit or give her a different perspective. Right. Yeah. Give her feedback. Right. Yep. I would, and I still do. Um, we record me adjusting the same area as her adjusting. So not only technique, but like, if you know that T2 needs to be adjusted, there's a hell of a lot more information you need in order to perform that adjustment perfectly. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I didn't realize, I didn't realize all the information that I'm getting and how, so then I, I just, how I've taught her to do it is to break it down. If T2 is the primary, she asks the body questions, yes and no questions. And then she needs to connect heart connect to that person. Um, is it going to be perfect? No, but then you recheck, you come back down to the feet and say, was that adequate? Do, do I need to do anything else? What the hell am I doing? <laughs> That's not a yes or no question. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that has helped her because it's kind of been the test corrector. You know, you can, you can think, you know, the primary logical, as soon as we're stuck in our head, we're out, right? You got to yeah. reset. You got to do a grounding exercise. I, she um, doesn't separate her energy from the patient's energy very well. We're working on that, but um, figuring out how you need to be grounded and then how you need to be protected. So your stuff doesn't go to them and they don't go to you is a huge skill that, I mean, I can do that in, you know, 0.2 seconds now. It's not even conscious. Mm -hmm. So, and then figuring out how to let go of that at the end of the day, I had a friend say, Tiff, it's just like you have a bunch of fairy, fairy dust falling off you at the end of the day, because you get rid of the majority of the energy, but you still have remnants from everybody. And you know, if you're adjusting hundred people a day, yep. well, it doesn't matter if you're adjusting 10 people a day and you're not really protected, you're screwed. Like you need yeah. to maintain your, your chemistry, your everything. So, um, this is what I found. I found that if she's disconnected, she gives a very poor adjustments, which was a reminder to me. That's we like everybody I was going to say. That's huge. We all do. Right. Yep. Yep. I've learned so much from just 
like starting to Teach. verbalize some things to her. Yeah, right. And then I video, I even video like the speed of everything and the like, no, this isn't, you're not thinking with your head. When you're asking questions, you're still not thinking with your head. No, you're, you're still not supposed to be thinking with your head. What? How else do I think? You know, like that's a skill I didn't know. That's that. a huge, that's awesome though. That's great. Yeah. Right. So then we record, then she reviews it. Then we go through technique again. Um, and it is being able to shut off your left brain or your thinking side mm -hmm. to feel what is next. And so I think some people probably feel it. Some people probably hear it. Some see it, some sense it, whatever it is you just have to follow that gut instinct because it's not quantitative. You know what that, you know what this totally reminds me of? Cause I was just thinking, cause I'm always thinking, how do you explain this? It's like, it's totally like playing basketball. So like if you do a turnaround fadeaway jump shot, like how in the world are you supposed to do that with your logical You can't, that has to be, that has to be from feel. And how can you even explain how to do that? We're yep. until you like practice it tons of times and in those different scenarios. So, so, so in my brain, I just kind of had a, 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 I'm like, that's the way exactly like, right. but you got to start with just like, you know, shooting one handed shooting. bank banks off the, off the glass, like don't yep. my five yep. million times and then just do it. So, so that's really cool. Now I want to ask a couple quick questions about this. What suggestion would you do for someone grounding? So if you're, if you're teaching someone how to ground themselves before their shift, what, what would, what would be kind of, kind of tidbits for that? Um, a, a few different things I really like, uh, and it just takes a little, it might take a little bit longer until people are like in their body. What I, what I see normal people to be is very out of their body. We are not like in. Okay. So you have to be, you got to step in first of all. Um, the grounding of like truly your feet need to be on the ground. You need to be standing up or sitting down or in the grass would be even better before you go into a shift if it's nice out. Um, for me, it was always chaining myself to the earth because I'm always floating in the clouds. Like I'm a creative, I'm an idea person and I jump from ship to ship all the time. Right. So mm -hmm. I can, I can do that. Well, I can still do that while grounded, but in practice, that is not the place. You can't be, you can't be up here. You gotta still be in flow, but you still gotta be grounded because you are their anchor. Right. Yeah. Um, so a few other visualization things that happen is like, I, I pretend that I'm in a <clears throat> translucent. Is that the see-through? Yeah. A bubble. A totally. see-through bubble. Yep. And most people will be like, ah, oh, then you're not, you know, you're not approachable. I'm like, yeah, I am. I hug every, every patient. They can't pop my bubble without yeah. my permission. I can see them. They can see me. I can feel you can feel me. But that doesn't get transferred. There is still, there's still a boundary. So that's some of the protection. Um, a few other, the visualizations are like zipping yourself up, like a, in a sleeping bag from the ground all the way up to the top. Yep. So your energy is like, and you're anchored and focused. Um, another one is like a Superman cloak yep. that you just come in and cause it's all, it's all heart centered and that's how we adjust. Right. Yep. It's just like truly, and you've got to sit and you have to feel, and then you visualize this happening. You're closing, you're not closing off, but you're closing yourself and you're all contained in this little cocoon and your stuff can't go to them. Mm -hmm. So before a new patient, before a report, especially if it's been kind of a high rolling adjusting, like let's say I went for an hour and a half and I've seen a lot of people. Yeah. I need to do that. Yeah. And I imagine myself chained like tree roots, right? 
Yeah, growing out of your feet. <laughs> growing, yep, from my feet down and then up. And then I, I visualize connection to God, to source, to whatever, um, as in like yellow, white light. That's my connection. That's awesome. Now, now when you said, because um, this is important for a lot of chiropractors too, leaving, uh, leaving the office with all the, uh, with all those little uh, fairies that drop off the fairy dust, yeah. basically, as you leave the, the practice, <laughs> like, what, is that a visualization or how do you do that when you leave it so is. you're not taking all that stuff home? Yep. It's visualization. It's actually probably some sweeping, like I physically sweep behind me. Yeah. Um, it is the, it's still the zipper and, and you'll notice, I mean, what, when you do this more, you'll notice when like your zipper broke, you know, and it's like, whoop, yeah. <laughs> I gotta zip that thing back up. It may be midship. doesn't take long. It just takes intention, you know, like 30 seconds of focus zip up. Um, when you unzip, you got a lot of crap at the end of the shift. And that's what I would say is the exhaustion, the like, oh my God, I can't do anything else. It's because you didn't protect your energy yeah, and you didn't stay, stay who you are and lead. You were likely attached to their outcome, right? It's yep. all you become, becoming their energy though. So yeah, honestly, fairy dust is intent and it's sweep. Get yeah. that off me. <laughs> it's not for me. Yeah. And I talk that that is not for me that it needs to stay here and it does not follow me into my life. So. That's so cool. Cause I know there's been times where I haven't, have not done that. And I know like at the end of the week or something, if I get a massage, like when they're working through my thoracics, I almost like have a panic, like not a panic attack, but I like, yeah. I like, I just get a sympathetic response and you just get sweaty. And I'm like, I could tell right at the time yep. I'm like, Oof, I'm holding on to too much stuff. Whoa. Yep. And not your stuff. <laughs> not my stuff. <laughs> and we don't notice it till it's like up to here and we need, I mean, and that's why we have healers work on us. Right. Cause yeah. we, we won't always, we won't always catch it. We need, we need people to, um, yeah, take care of us too. That's really cool. Well, that, that's, thanks for sharing. I think that's going to be a lot helpful for a lot of people out there. Yeah. Um, and I, I just wanted to ask you a little bit, well, cause you've been in our vitality shift program and in our vitality yeah. and I was just wondering if you could maybe share some of the insights you've had from, uh, from the vitality shift. Yeah. Well, I have um, worked on and off with coaches. And before I decided to define what Tiff wanted, I did what everyone else wanted me to, right? So, yeah. and I think that's what a lot of people would say about coaches. They said to do this, I did this, even though it didn't feel good. So I remember Brandy saying, um, you need to learn, you need to hear or learn, whatever, something, run it through your own wisdom and then figure out if that's right with you. If it's not, fine. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter <laughs> right. if it is, go do it. And so I think, you know, I've been like trying to quantify what, what being part of the community is. Um, it's, it's allowing me to lead the way I need to with who I am and then who I have. Right. Cause that's all, that's all being authentic. It's, it is tactical stuff sometimes like, okay. Like we just talked about what I, I have a bottleneck here. You've been here before, right? So mm -hmm. to ask questions of people that have done it and done it way the hell better than I have is so valuable for me that I don't have a ton of, um, I mean, I've said this to you before too, colleagues that have a bigger practice than I do. Yeah, because you're very successful. Yeah. Right. Which, well, successful, I don't know, but. Well, yeah, yeah you are. Yeah. It's Thank just, you. we're defining it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're tweaking it. 
you're doing awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, we, we told, again, we were talking to her before about some, uh, she had just a couple of physical bottlenecks in her practice and I, and she was frustrated because things weren't growing. And I said, well, you're, you're like driving a bus with wobbly tires. And, yeah. and when you have wobbly systems or bottlenecks or physical uh, obstructions in your office, even if you're super efficient, you can only drive that sucker so fast before it shakes off the road. Cause it's just, yep. you can't handle it. Right. So, so we just needed to bounce those tires and you're going to rock. Uh-huh. So it's not, and it's like not, the, the shift in the engine, I mean, shift especially for my team has been huge with, I, okay, so once again, personalities, mm-hmm. I have been 100% intuitive. I do extremely well communicating to people, okay? But, but I, if somebody asked me, why would you say that to this person, but not this person, and a little bit different here, I wouldn't have any idea. So that training has allowed um, me not to confuse my team, bottom line, and to ha- kind of have a roadmap. They know what information they need to get from people because, frankly, every single person in our office needs to talk to a person about four different things, right? Figure out how you got to talk to them, though, because that's easy for me. But if you have somebody, an aunt, that it's not necessarily easy for, a lab, that it's maybe not comfortable to do, if they don't have the tools and I haven't been guided by you guys to then give them the tools, I'm just, I feel like that's where we were really stuck in personality driven practice. Just me. Then I would just do everything. And then Lindy would do that because we've done it for so long, right? We didn't have systems. It's um, yeah. The shift has been huge with my team. The engine has been huge with me having more access to you guys, I would say. And you know, you pay for access, you pay for, um, someone being there before you are to then lead you through that next level and then helping you figure out, you know, what's next. You guys are very, um, not ever right or wrong. So it's about, well, if you choose to continue to do this, this will be your result. But if you don't want that result, let's do this. Oh, well, that's awesome. Right. Because then you can be in love. You don't have to be in fear of like, Ooh, I don't know. Should I tell them? Should I tell them that I'm doing this? <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble? Like from mom and dad? Right. <laughs> and also like even just personally, um, we practice similar. You and I do. Mm-hmm. Brandy and Lindy are similar. And so I can, I can enter right in. I can be, I can completely understand um, when information comes in, then what it means for me and what it means for, for Lindy. And whereas if I'm working with somebody who hasn't been there, done that, I, I, well, I don't, that's why <laughs> I haven't as simple in as a that. long time. <laughs> cool. Well, well, in closing, I always like to uh, leave the last couple of minutes uh, for my podcast guests to share anything that pops your mind. Since you're intuitive, you're just going to draw this from the universe, baby. And it'll be just <laughs> perfect. There'll be listeners out there. will be like, holy cow. I can't believe she just said that. Cause that's perfect. But, but what kind of words of inspiration would you have for, um, underdog nation out there for any chiropractors that might just be a little bit frustrated, a little bit stuck, want a little inspiration. What would you like to just leave them with? Um, if you're not feeling your thinking and thinking will not get you out of the problem that you're in. And so as we talk about chiropractic being all about connection, you, you need to be connected to you first before you can be connected to your patients and your team and, your marriage and your anything. Frankly, anytime anything is disconnected, you're going to tank. And so 
if you have a shitty marriage, you better fix yourself to create a better marriage so that your practice can be different. And so take inventory, take honest inventory of where you're really at, because if there's two out of the seven physical, mental, spiritual, financial, fun relationships and social, if there's one or two off, even just a little bit, doesn't mean that it needs to be perfect, but if it's just not going the direction you need to, that's where you need to focus. You can't hide in the sand in your practice. Like it's not going to freaking save you. So I've done that enough times. <laughs> Stepping away from it and working on yourself in order to get the results that you need to in your marriage or to schedule more travel or pay your freaking credit card debt off or what, whatever your, your like most pressing issue is. I call it an MPI. Actually, Gabby Bernstein calls it an MPI most pressing issues. Mm. She actually recommends to write the top 10 down and then you just start checking them off. <laughs> so whatever those big things are, because the extra external, like the not enough new patients is not your freaking most pressing issue. Let's get real. Right. Right. It's totally. terrible communication, not terrible, but bad communication, not being connected as a team, not having a purpose, not having an arrow, you know? Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta fix you first and then, and then figure out. And if, if you want to practice of a hundred people a week, go do it <laughs> and kick ass at it. Right. Yeah. And if you want one that's a thousand a week, go do it and kick ass at it. But you're either all in or you're all up. Cool. Well, well, thank you so much for sharing, Dr. Tiff. I appreciate Thanks. it. I really appreciate it. But blobbing. <laughs> <laughs> and for everyone out there, um, I think one of the key messages from this whole uh, podcast is stay connected, stay clear, stay grounded, and don't forget to crush the curse. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you receive value from this episode, please take some time to rate and review us on iTunes or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. If you know a fellow chiropractor that could benefit from this message, please share it with them. Because it's my goal to provide you with great content, please contact me if you have any questions at drdonmcdonald.com or find me on Facebook. I look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, Dr. Don out.